Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. As we start this new series today, I'm excited about this series. I really, really am. Uh, I, I'm telling you, the series is going to lead up to the last Sunday of December, and that's going to be Tis the Season to Cheer. And uh, today we're going to talk about Tis the Season to Forgive. Um, if you ever know about the holiday season, or when you read the story of Jesus, there are many, many different events that took place before the birth of Jesus. There are many, many different verses. If you have your, your notes, you can see we always say that Jesus is the reason for the season. How many of you know if you've heard that before? We used to have badges and pins and, and buttons and everything. Jesus is the reason for the season. Without him and the different events that took place, there would not be a season. Now, now you got to get that. There would not be a season without the different events that took place. So what are some of the events? The events leading up to the season. Do you ever think about that? The events leading up to the season of Jesus' birth. And if you have your notes, the first thing is this. The prophecy or the foretelling of the Christ child. That was the beginning of the leading up to the season, that there was the foretelling that there would be one that's become greater than I would. John the Baptist said, I can't even put on his sandals. He is too great for me. Then there was the virgin birth. You know the story about Joseph and how he was, man, was afraid and to take her as his wife and what the disgrace was going to happen there in the community because she was uh, get pregnant by a virgin and all these things, and they weren't even married, and there was a whole ruckus that took place. So then the shepherds followed the star. The shepherds followed the star. A lot of times people say, well, why? That doesn't seem like it's in sync with the birth. The shepherds followed the star going towards the star before the baby was being born. And once the baby was born, then they were able to get there. But they were on this journey following the star. So then the second thing, the third or fourth thing is this, the hiding of the birth of Jesus. How many of you know what I'm talking about? They had to hide the birth because of, they knew that there was going to, King Herod knew, knew that there was going to be one that was great. There was going to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so he came to try to destroy and take out Jesus. And we know that story, right? So that's why they had to hide and had to go to a place and then eventually have the baby in a manger. And then the, the next one is the Son of Man was born. Jesus was the hope of glory. Man, can you imagine that? All the different events leading up to, Scott, the Son of Man to be born. It wasn't an easy birth. How many have ever had a struggle with maybe wives? You have a struggle maybe with your pregnancy. I know my wife did with our son, with my daughter. I mean, she was bedridden with, with my daughter Heidi. I mean, almost the whole time of her pregnancy, she had to stay in bed because we were told at first we were unable to have children. So then when Molly, we started to have children, the last child, which was my daughter, my wife really had some complications. But, you know, in those complications, you know what? The reward was seeing my daughter. And sometimes the rewards of getting your rewards and things that are great, they sometimes just don't come easy. And sometimes you have to work for your rewards or your blessings in your life. And when the birth of Jesus came, it didn't come easy. But when it did come, it was a great celebration. And now today, because of the birth of Jesus, we can celebrate hope and we can celebrate life and life more abundantly. But I love this too. The next one was the gifts were given. The gifts were given. 
When Jesus was born, they gave him their best and nothing less. Frankincense, myrrh, gold, and they gave him their best. You ever think about this? The gifts were given. What gift can you give to Jesus? You know, many of us are right now are scouring on the Internet, man, trying to find on Amazon or whatever the best gift for your spouse, for your kids, whatever the case may be. You're trying to find that best gift in which you could give that individual. You know what? What is the gift that you can give Jesus today? You know what Jesus wants? He wants your heart. Jesus wants your heart. The greatest gift you can give today is your heart. And I look upon this congregation today, and I see that all of you have given your hearts to the Lord. And I want to say, man, that's awesome. You have given your best and nothing less to God. And Jesus doesn't want a part of your heart, but all of your heart, nothing else will do. He wants you to give him his best. And then another thing is this. Here's the greatest thing about the events that took place. Salvation came to all mankind. In other words, deliverance came to you and to I, that you and I were free because of Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, that we found freedom in Christ. He forgiven of our sins, and therefore we know that our ticket is now to go to heaven. Yesterday, we did Nelda's sister's funeral. It was amazing. We had a great time, great service. Man, Nelda and Dave, the, the funeral, the service was awesome. It was great. The songs, do Lord, oh, do Lord. I mean, everybody was singing to it while I, was, while I was playing, and it was just a great time. But you know what? We knew that Claudia had the ticket to heaven because she gave her heart to Jesus and salvation to all mankind. You ever think about that? Salvation to all mankind. Have you ever been, remember the days when you were maybe in elementary or junior high school? And when you were in elementary or junior high, what would happen a lot of times in gym class? They would line you up against the wall. Do you remember these days? They would line you up against the wall, and they would have two captains. And the two captains would pick out each player for each side. How many remember those days? Amen? And what would happen when they would pick you out? Maybe some of you were picked last. And because you were picked last, guess what? You felt embarrassed. You felt ashamed. The next day you didn't want to go to gym class because you knew that you were going to be picked again. That meant if you were picked last that you were the worst of all people on that team. But you know what? Jesus doesn't line you up against the wall. He doesn't say, I want you, I want him, I want her. He says, I want all. Jesus is not a respecter of person. He accepts you, and he loves you just as you are. And that's why we can celebrate the salvation of the mankind. It's because Jesus laid down his life, not selecting you, but he's receiving all mankind. And aren't you glad that you have been selected on the great team, on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords team today, that he didn't say, I want him, I want her, but I don't want you. We are all welcomed into the kingdom of God. I think we need to give Jesus some hands. Amen. Come on, give him a hand. Amen. He selects us just as we are. But if you have your notes, these events led up to the greatest gift and celebration that mankind could ever experience. Think about that. I want you to get that in your spirit. Led up to the greatest experience that we could ever, ever experience. Without these events, there would be no season or reason to celebrate. Amen? There would be no reason, no season to celebrate. We say that Jesus is the reason for the season. I don't know about you, but when we get together with our family, which we're unable to do that because of our kids in all different parts of the states, but when we get together, 
You know what we do before we open any gifts? We open the Bible and we read the Christmas story. And then our kids act it out, our grandbabies act out the Christmas story. Some are donkeys, some is Mary, some is Joseph, and they come coming down the steps. And last year it was Cannon, he was the donkey. Onky, onky, onky. And uh, Riley was Mary, and Miles was Joseph. Can you imagine that, brother and sisters, Mary and Joseph? Here, don't touch me. You know how kids are, right, brothers and sisters? But you know what we do? We act out the story, and we read the story to give glory to God, that he really is the season. It's not all about these gifts. It's all about him, the greatest gift. And it was a reminder to keep us focused on why we celebrate and come together as a family. But you know what? Just the season is on our part. Leading up to Christmas, I want you to get this now because each week we're going to talk about tis the season of preparing us for the big grand event. Tis the season. Leading up to the birth of Jesus or God's son, Jesus Christ, we, you and I, you got to get this in your heart now, please. There's going to be steps each week we're going to talk about a different season. Leading up and prepare ourselves to be ready for the season. How many of you know you have to prepare yourself to be ready for the season? And that season is to be with Christ. If you have your notes, tis the season that you have to first and foremost forgive. Forgive. You know what forgiveness does? Forgiveness hardens and it takes out the sensitivity towards God, towards family, towards friend, and towards man. Unforgiveness sucks the life out of you. And it puts hardness and coldness and bitterness in your heart. And you cannot walk into the season if your heart is hard. Because all it's going to do is going to be like water off a duck's back. You're not going to be able to receive the fullness of the season. And the fullness starts with the love of Christ in your life and the love of Christ giving towards others around you. And so I want to ask you, what is your heart condition right now? Ezekiel said that he's going to take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And the only way he can give you a heart of flesh is by you saying, God, forgive me of my wrongs, my faults, and my failures in my life. If you have your notes there, I thought this was really amazing to me. Some of the top things that causes stress in our lives. And if you see your notes there, number one is this. The loss of a spouse, very tough, very, very tough. If you lost your spouse, I, I say sorry for, for that. It's a tough deal. Yesterday we were with Gwen, Rod's wife, and if any of you know, Rod suddenly just had a heart attack and passed away, and we were with her yesterday at her house, and, man, she's going through some tough times, a very stressful time for her in her life. It's a very hard time, very stressed to lose a spouse. Here's another one. The loss of a loved one. I don't know about you, but maybe, maybe you lost a mom or a dad, a brother or a sister or aunt or an uncle that really brought pain to your life. When I remember when I lost my grandfather, man, it really, really hurt me, Molly. Man, McKenna, it hurt me so bad that, man, I lost my best friend, my grandfather. He was my mentor and he was my hero in my life. And maybe some of you have lost someone that caused a lot of stress in your life. Here's another one, moving. Moving is very stressful. How many know what I'm talking about? It's very, very stressful. 
Man, I don't know about you, but when I first started being a youth pastor, man, because I go to a church, and then when I get to the church, all of a sudden the senior pastor leaves, and so when the senior pastor leaves, the protocol is that the, the youth pastor has to leave, the children's pastor has to leave, because that's what they did in the olden days. So Cheryl and I would be at place one time for 10 months, another time for another year and a half, and then another time for two years because the senior pastor would leave, and we would always have to pack up and leave. And every time we packed up and leave, it seemed like we gathered more stuff, and because we gathered more stuff. We had to get a bigger truck, and then we have to st stuff our van, and it was more stressful. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Here's another one. A job change. A job change. Praise God for Lucy. She got a new job, but this is a God-ordained job. Amen. But a job change. A job change meaning meeting new people, new challenges, stretching yourself. A job change. But here's a, one I want to get to. Number five stresses in your life that you may never think of is holidays. Can you believe that holidays are the fifth most stressful thing in your life? People say, well, Pastor, why are holidays the fifth most stressful thing in my life? I understand about a loss of a spouse or a loved one or a job move or moving or this, the other, but why Holidays. Have you ever thought about why holidays? If you have your list, Christmas stresses. Having enough room to host a family. How many know that's sometimes stressful? Here's another one. Making sure everything is done right. Right? Making sure that everything is done right, it's perfect, it's all set up. Here's another stress. Buying the right gifts. How many of you are one of those people that you fake it till you make it? You got a gift from somebody, and you open it, and you put a smile on your face, but inside you're like, what is this? <laughs> it's easier to buy a gift card than this, right? But it's so stressful to think, man, I want to get that right gift, perfect gift for you. It's stressful to find that right gift. Another one is cooking all the food. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Those, those, those turkeys or those hams, they take four to five hours sometimes to cook those bad boys. And then you're making the, all the preparation. It takes five or six hours to make all that food, but it takes 15 minutes to devour it. <laughs> but it's stressful. You know what I'm talking about? Here's another one. Watch this. Making sure that the house is clean. A lot of times people are walking around clearing, cleaning up the house and taking care of the house and all that kind of stuff, making sure it's all clean and prim and proper. Another one is this, worrying about who's coming and who's not. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, Sue's and, uh, Sue and Bill are coming. They're on the list. Oh, but now they're not coming. Oh, Ann and Mike are coming, but now they're not coming. And there's up and down. And, man, they say they're going to bring this, but they didn't bring that. And, man, you got all these different emotions during the holidays. It's like, man, are you coming or not coming? Get on board, will you? How many know what I'm talking about? That's why some of us have less hair, right? That'll preach. <laughs> that was Pastor Andrew, by the way. <laughs> But here's another one. Not looking forward to a certain person coming. As I was saying in my staff meeting when I was prepping for this service series, I was telling my staff, how many of you have a, and if your name is this, please forgive me, I'm not pointing you out, but how many of you have a Fred in your family? A Fred is maybe one that brings irritation, brings division, 
Maybe he's maybe got a potty mouth or maybe he does some things in your life that causes pain and you're not looking forward to that Fred. And you're wondering how to avoid Fred, not to talk to Fred. What's he going to do when he reacts? How am I going to react to him? All these different emotions that take place with Fred. I don't know about you, but we have some Freds in our family. But here's another one. Unforgiveness in your heart towards a family member. Maybe what's bringing stress to you is the thought that I have to see him or her in Christmas time all along having this unforgiveness towards him or her in my life. How many have ever said this before? I didn't do it. I didn't do that. I don't deserve it. I'm not going to say forgive him and, and I'm not going to forgive her. They caused pain to me. And we hold on to that bitterness, that pain that that someone caused to you. And if you do, look at your notes. Unforgiveness will steal your joy and your peace while you are with your family. So here you are, you're waiting for this occasion for everybody to come. But because you have unforgiveness in your heart towards one of those family members that are there, it's going to steal your joy and peace while you're with your family when you were so excited about them coming because unforgiveness does not play fair. It steals and it doesn't give. It takes and it doesn't give back. And unforgiveness, the first thing it does, it will steal your joy because it always brings up triggers to remind you of what him or her did to your life and therefore you're always reflecting on that instead of enjoying the time with your family. Unforgiveness will steal your joy. The events leading up to the celebration of the birth of Jesus starts with forgiveness. You have to say, God, this season leading up to the birth of your son, God, let me start by forgiving those that maybe have hurt me, have offended me, have caused pain to my life. Only you know those people in your life. In Matthew chapter 6, Verse 14 says this, if you forgive others when they have sinned against you, when you have sinned against you, maybe offended you, maybe said something wrong about you, maybe cheated on you, hurt you in one way or another, it's a choice. It's a choice to forgive even when it's hard. Jesus chose to forgive mankind. And that's when he died on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he gave up his spirit. He says, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. You see, with every reaction, with every action, there's a reaction. You forgive and Jesus forgives you. And when Jesus comes and forgives you, guess what? He comes with a great big Band-Aid. And you know what that Band-Aid is? It's an embrace of his love and his acceptance. And he's cheering you on says, see, you can do it. You can now experience the fullness of my love, my acceptance, and my peace because you let go of that bitterness, that hurt that someone caused in your life. You see, you have to let it 
go. What you hold on to is all you're going to have. Whether it's bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, guess what? That will eat you up like corrosion or cancer in your life. But what you let go of, it can bring new streams of living water into your life. And streams of living water wash away the old and bring in the new. But some of you are in the pool of the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea means that you have no outlets, no outlets of letting go of those stinking thinkings, those pains, those hurts, those things that are going on in your life. And because of that, they're whittling away at your sensitivity, your love, your joy, your peace. And because of that, you start taking it out on the ones that are close to you that you're not even mad at. It's because you're holding on to a dead sea that has no life to give to the ones around you. It'll suck it out of you. But when you let it go... It opens up channels for Jesus to flow. Then he goes on to say, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive you of your sins. Because Jesus, after all, is the reason for the season. And the reason for the season was what? That he came to give life and life more abundantly, came to live and also yet to die. And what did he die for? He died for the forgiveness of our sins. Why is it that we want everybody to forgive us, but you can't forgive others? Why is it that, man, when somebody points their finger at you, you point ten back at them? You want forgiveness but you don't want to give forgiveness. See, listen, forgiveness keeps you from the fullness of God and his presence in your life. It'll hinder you. It'll hold you back. You heard the story about how I had unforgiveness towards my second father. And I kept hitting the ceiling, kept, man, this got like back and kept like it was bounced back and hit me in the face. And finally I had to go to my second father and ask him to forgive me. And when I asked him to forgive me, after all this resentment that I carried for so many years, he looked at me and he looked, I don't even remember what you're talking about. But you know what? It wasn't for his sake. It was for my sake. And it opened up the Dead Sea and allowed the channels to start flowing back into my life. And you have to let it go. It steals. As a believer in Christ, now you got to get this. As a believer in Christ, it is our responsibility to act in forgiveness, not waiting for others to act. Woo! Can you imagine Jesus waiting us, waiting for us to ask for forgiveness? He showed the way to forgiveness. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 6, he who claims he lives in him must walk as Jesus did. How did Jesus walk? He walked with love, compassion, and forgiveness. Forgiveness, man, is not easy, but it's rewarding in the end. Asking for forgiveness or forgiving others, it's not easy, but it in the end, it's rewarding. Now watch this. Life is an adventure in forgiveness. You never know 
You never know who will hurt you. Somebody say amen. You never know. And usually the ones that hurt you the most are the ones that are closest to you. You can get over the one that you don't know as well as the one that's closest to you. And sometimes they blindside you and hit you, man, when you're not even expecting it. And it's the one that's usually the closest to you by maybe what they say or do or think about you. And you hear it through the grapevine and it devastates you. And you wear it as a badge of unforgiveness in your life. He said this and she did that. And you look like a police officer full of unforgiveness wearing your uniform that I have a right to have unforgiveness towards him or her. Look at my badge, my badge of honor of unforgiveness. It's time to take off that uniform. It's time to take off that badge. You can never enter into the reason for the season if you're carrying the baggage into your season. Now watch this. Life is adventure and forgiveness. You never know who will hurt you love you, or accept you. It's a journey. I love this. Forgiveness is a lifestyle. So wear it well. It's a lifestyle. Why do you think Jesus said, how many times should I forgive? Seventy times seven. Matthew chapter 18. Look at what he says. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or my sister who have sinned against me? Up to seven times? Lord, when does it end? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And if you look that up and you see that, it's an endless cycle of, of unforgiveness. You see, what unforgiveness does, it may start out small as an anthill, but it will build up into a mountain if you never confront it when it's small. Taking care of it. Don't hold on to an offense. Don't hold on to somebody that maybe said something to you. Let it go. And I'm not talking about frozen. Let it go. Let it go. I'm talking about letting it go in your life. Making a choice that, God, I'm not going to hold on to this. It's time to let it go. You see, listen, if you do not release forgiveness, you will not receive forgiveness. Forgiveness will come if you do not give up. That's why you said 70 times 7. If you do not give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to have a lifestyle of forgiveness. I'm going to enter into this new season, this holiday season. Man, the reason for the season, man, knowing that I've forgiven those around me and I'm going to be able to receive the fullness of what God has for me. I'm going to get mine. You see, listen, I love this. Forgiveness, forgiveness puts it to bed. And it never wakes it up again. In other words, once you forgive, you walk away from it and don't pick it up again. I always say to people, 
How do you know if you've forgiven that person? You can always tell if you've forgiven that person when you see them coming down the corridor at a, at a mall or at Walmart or at Target. And if you see them coming, if you can approach them and walk up to them, you've forgiven them. But if you walk away and see them down the aisle, oh, there's Susie. There's a, oh, I'm going. And you avoid them like the plague. You know what that tells you? That you still have some resentment there. And you need to clean that up. Because after all, they are not going to be responsible, but you are. And every one of us stand before the Lord as individuals. And you're going to be accountable for your actions, and they're going to be accountable for their actions. So take the high road and learn to say, God, I'm going to forgive. Look at this. Forgiveness is like money. We want to get it, but not give it. Let me know what I'm talking about. Now, I made a shopping list, the shopping list of forgiveness. Maybe there's some things in your life or people in your life that you need to forgive. If you have your list, number one, maybe your parents. Maybe you need to forgive your parents. I know that, man, <laughs> my three kids, they say some things that I, I, I tell you, I said, what house did you ever live in? How many know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? You thought you were great parents, and then when you hear when they get older, that mom and dad, you remember when you did that? No, I don't. I think it's a fairy tale. And I had to find out that, man, my son Rick, he had some resentment towards Cheryl and I because we had to discipline him for his mouth. He has not a filter in his mouth when he was growing up, and sometimes it got him in trouble. With basketball, he was a great athlete. Carl, he was an incredible athlete. He could have went very, very far. Dave, you know this, and Rick, and he just doesn't have a filter. And Rick would say things that got him in trouble. And so, therefore, we had to rein him in. And sometimes he felt like we were restricting him. And so because of that, he got mad at us. And because of his anger, he resented us. And so guess what? He, him and I, we had a, had, a, had a meeting, come to meeting with Jesus. And we had our come to meeting with Jesus meeting. You know what? And finally he said, Dad, I felt that you did this to me. And then when I explained the unforgiveness that he had in his heart, then he said, oh, the lights came on. Dad, I never realized it that way. And sometimes in your life, you maybe have these people are against you, your parents, and you may be mad at them and your kids may be mad at you. Man, make amends with it. Don't hold it. And you know what, man, now that my, my son and I got over that situation, this is many, many years ago. He now lives in Arizona, and I bet he calls me three or four times a day. But it never would have happened if we didn't have our come to meeting with Jesus. Forgiven. Another one is maybe you need to forgive a brother or a sister. You know what I face in this one and why I put this there? Is when we do counseling, Cheryl and I, and right now we're, we're, we're in so many sessions right now, it's unbelievable. But you know, uh, one of the big things you face in sessions, that we have siblings that are mad at each other. You know what they're mad about? Jealousy. That is the number one thing that we face with siblings, that they're jealous of him or her. You know why? Because why does him or her got this and I don't? And why are they doing this and I can't? And it's always this comparison thing. 
And they're always competing with each other instead of just being brothers and sisters. And so because of that, there's a resentment and unforgiveness built up. Is that you? Another one is this, an aunt or an uncle. Maybe an aunt or an uncle have hurt you. Maybe they let you down. Maybe they promised you something and never followed through. Another one is a friend. I think we've all been hurt by a friend. I think we've all been let down by, by a friend. And you know what unforgiveness does? It separates you from that friend. It separates you. It takes you away. It makes you get further and further. It maybe makes you cut ties with that friend, and then you never associate with them again. And here you may be losing out on a good friendship, but because you have a right, you walk away. Another one is a coworker. Maybe they got a promotion over you and you didn't get it. Why do they deserve it more than I did? And you're holding on. And so you go into your workplace and you got this anger, maybe towards your boss, maybe toward a coworker, because they got elevated. Maybe they seem like they're doing something and you're not. And so you go into your work. Can you imagine every day going to your work and having unforgiveness towards someone? That must be miserable. And I always find this, misery loves company. And maybe you're walking into that. Here's number, another one. And this is a big one. Do you know, I find this to be true all the time. Someone who has gone on. I find this to be true that there are so many people that are being a swayback donkey, carrying the hurts of someone who has gone on to be with the Lord. Man, my mom and my dad, my grandpa, and they're already gone on. And you're carrying the baggage of that. God wants you to live life to the fullness. But sometimes we can't live life to the fullness because we're carrying yesterday's scars. But I know that if you give Jesus your scars, he'll turn your scars into stars. But you have to let it go. You have to let it go. Man, my mom and my dad, my grandpa, my grandma. When I was writing this and I was telling my wife this, and I'll be honest with you, I'm just being very transparent, Patty, with you. When I wrote this, I can be honest with you, Gary, I started crying at the table because it brought up memories. When I said to the one that's gone on, it was my mom. I had a lot of pain, but I'm going to tell you, I'm over it, so I want to make sure you understand. I'm over it. But it brought up, Deb, some scars. And here's what it brought up. When I was writing it, I wrote this down. It brought up these. Mom! Why didn't you keep me safe when I was a fifth grader and a sixth grader and my dad beat me up? Mom, why didn't you keep me safe? I was sharing that to my wife. Still got bumps on my head from him beating me like he did. But I remember that I asked for forgiveness. And I loved my mom. But I had to say, no, I'm not going to carry that cross anymore. And some of you are carrying crosses of the past. And maybe you're carrying crosses that you lost a loved one that's hurt you and you're still there in the grave physically. But you're in your grave spiritually. Did you get that? 
you're in your grave spiritually because you're holding on to unforgiveness and it kills the sensitivity towards God. Come out. Another one is love yourself. I'll tell you, this is the hardest thing. You ever notice why Jesus said the first greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart? But then he says the second greatest command is to love your neighbor as yourself. You know why a lot of people can't love their neighbor as themselves? Because they don't love themselves. And you know why they don't love themselves? Because through your course of life, you may have blown it in some areas of your life. You may have blown it. Maybe you went through bankruptcy. Maybe you went through a divorce. Maybe you went through this ugly situations. And you carried that baggage so long that now you stink. And you know what? Jesus said, I blot out your sins, and I remember them no more. And if God doesn't remember them anymore, why do you? Who made you the judge? There's only one judge, only one lawgiver. Read it for yourself. Acts 4, verse 12. He said, I've forgiven you. There's only one God, one Lord, and one salvation, and it comes through Jesus Christ. And I have forgiven you. You see, you can experience the fullness of God in your life if you don't start forgiving you. I'll tell you, God doesn't play baseball. Molly, he doesn't play baseball. Three strikes, you're out. You're never out with God. So no matter how many times you've blown it in your life, God doesn't say you're out. You're still in the batter's box. And you know what God says? He said, keep on swinging. There's a little boy. This little boy was walking home from baseball practice, and he was carrying his bat on his shoulder, and he had his ball in the hand. And he said, man, one day I'm going to be the greatest hitter in the world. I'm going to be the greatest hitter in the world. So this young boy, he threw the ball up in the air, and he swung his bat, and he missed. Picked up the ball, and he said, I'm going to be the greatest hitter in the world. Picked up the ball, threw it in the air, swung his bat, missed again. But he was still determined, I'm going to be the greatest hitter in the world. For the third time, he picked up the ball, threw it in the air, swung at it, and he missed. And you know what he did? He said, well, that means I'm going to be the greatest pitcher in the world. <laughs> Sometimes in your life, you're going to swing and you're going to miss. But you have to let go. If you are, man, been holding on to unforgiveness and can't love yourself, you're like compound W. It's suffocating you. And this Christmas season, you have to make a choice to let it go. Love yourself. Colossians chapter 3 says these words. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against someone, 
forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. You see, unity means you and I tie. When I choose to let go of unforgiveness and start walking in love, I'm going to mend that bridge that I'm going to begin to unify myself with that individual and we're going to tie as one. Watch this now. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Unforgiveness will steal your peace. No God, no peace. No peace, no God. Unforgiveness will steal your peace. There will always be that volcano that's bubbling underneath, always waiting to erupt. And you know when the eruptions happen? When you least expect it. And then all of a sudden, have you ever heard this before or said this before? Where did that come from? You're responding from what's bubbling underneath. Unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness, hatred. And all of a sudden, bam! God wants you to let it go. You see, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. And look at what he says at the end of that verse. And be thankful. God, I'm thankful for the Freds in my life right now. I'm thankful for the Freds in my life. They may have hurt me, but I'm going to be better. See, a true story. Maybe you read this. Carl, you're a hunter. You can check this out. I read a story about two bucks. True story. Those two bucks represent you and the person that maybe you're having forgiven. And these two bucks were sparring. And they were, obviously, it was rut season. And they were going at each other. And while they were going at each other, their antlers got stuck. And I remember reading this story. It was a fascinating story. They got stuck. And they couldn't get apart. So for months, they, they were saying in the story that these two deer were stuck together. So finally, my battery just went out. One of the deers died. So this living deer was carrying this dead corpse on for many, many months. Carrying a dead corpse until finally that deer died also. Read the story. And the hunter found the two deers stuck together, never apart. Some of you are carrying a dead corpse. And eventually, if you don't let it go, it'll get you. It'll get you. Forgive the way Christ forgave you. Do you remember that day? 
I remember when God forgave me. Do you remember that day? Wasn't that a great day? When he forgave you, I can tell you, I'll never forget. It was like a washcloth from the crown to my head. I could physically, honestly feel it. From the crowns of my head to the soles of my feet, that day I was instantly uh, delivered from the cocaine and all the other stuff that I was doing. Instantly, Scott, that day. I remember that day. Why do you think they took the 12 stones and made a memorial? It was a reminder of the victory. How many of you have a memorial of the victories when God forgave you? Here's another one. Forgive with a heart of love. A heart of love, but watch the next part of this. And a purpose to restore. My whole reason why I'm asking to forgive, because I want to restore the brokenness of a relationship. It's not worth it. When you get to heaven, you're still going to have your enemies there with you. So if you can't make it right here on earth, then how do you think you're going to make it right there in heaven? They're always going to be there. They're going to be in your place with God around the throne. It's the purpose to restore. Forgive to gain peace of mind and to break off strongholds. Unforgiveness is a stronghold that sometimes we neglect. We don't even think about it. But a stronghold will make you react, say things, do things that you don't want to do. And it's all out of hidden pain that you have in your life that you have not willingly forgave that individual. So now you carry strongholds. And a stronghold means a place to stand or an opportunity to dictate your life when you should be free indeed. That's what a stronghold does. So, tis the season starts by forgiving. Not just receiving. I don't know about you, but Jesus went through a lot of events. The prophecy foretold, the hiding, the virgin birth, to get to the season. And this pastor wants you to experience the fullness of the season. The reason why we gather around the tree is not about the gifts, but it's about the gift giver and the son of Jesus that came to give us life. Will you stand with me this morning? Somebody say amen. God is good. Next week is going to be awesome. I'm excited about next week's message. and You'll see where we go with that just the season. And each week it'll be just a season. But I can tell you, the last Sunday of the December, you're not going to want to miss. Tis the season to cheer. And when you come that last Sunday, we are going to cheer in this place. You know why? Because you made it. We made it through this messed up year going into our new year. But tis the season right now to forgive. Will you bow your heads with me? I'm not going to have you come forward because it's a very sacred time. But I want you to experience the fullness of God's love. I want you to experience what God truly has for you and you have to let it go. 
You have to let it go. But maybe in your life right now, just like I had to forgive my second father, and once I did, it was a breakthrough in my life that brought me further and closer to God. But maybe some of you are at a stagnation in your life right now, and you need to let things go. You say, Pastor, I have unforgiveness in my life, and I need to let it go. And just the sacred between you and God, no one's looking around. You say, Pastor, will you pray for me? If that's you, just lift your hand up. Nobody's looking. Yes, 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 yes. And wow, all over the place. Anyone else? I'm going to count to three. Don't miss this call. Don't miss this call. One, yes, another one, yes, yes, another one. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, yes, another one. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, another one. Still going up. I venture to say there's 30 hands in here right now. You may put them down. Here's what I'm going to do. Will you all look at me now? We're going to say this prayer together. No one knows who raised their hand. And thank you for being respectful because that's a very sacred time. But what we're going to do is we're going to corporately pray together. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but this is an opportunity for you to pray this with us that we all can be set free. Because I think there's always that hidden unforgiveness in our lives for somebody or something. But I want us to pray this corporately together. Can we do that? Will you follow me in my prayer today for you, that you can be free indeed? Will you repeat this after me? Heavenly Father, today I make a choice to let go of that unforgiveness in my life towards that individual or individuals. I make a choice to be free so that I can walk into the season of life. Thank you, God, that you have forgiven me as I have forgiven those who hurt me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord praise now. Come on. Amen. Probably 30 or so people that did that. Now walk in forgiveness. You now are walking to the season to be free. And wait till you see when Christmas comes, you're going to be delivered and have a whole joy like never before. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Be careful going home today. God bless you. I love you. See you next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.